Hey guys, welcome to another week and a new episode of the podcast. I'm Rachel Hollis. I'll be your friend and your host throughout this next time period. And maybe your teacher, but like your teacher who is your friend or your big sister or your little sister who has a little bit of information on this topic, not uh, an actual went to college to learn finances and now is telling you financial knowledge. I am, um, I'm just giving you my advice on money. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. That feels wild to me and probably to you too. But I recently did a two-part series here on the podcast about, or maybe it was three parts actually, about mindset, like the mindset that you need for health and the mindset that you need for success. And I really felt strongly when I was designing those episodes that the most obvious one would be a money mindset. And to be totally honest with you, I didn't include it originally because money is just, it's taboo. It's like this thing that people don't talk about or we're not supposed to talk about or it'll get you in trouble or whatever, whatever, whatever. But for weeks, I felt like I was sort of not being courageous just because I knew that talking about money might be problematic for people. And also women especially need to be having conversations about money and finances and what they represent. We're totally underrepresented in the space. And there aren't a lot of honest conversations about how you attract money into your life and also how your childhood plays such a big role in the finances, the revenue, the success financially that you experience as an adult. So I told myself to stop being such a weenie and just do an episode. So that's what we're going to talk about today, guys. We're going to talk about money. And honestly, if you already feel a little weird, like if you're already like, oh, this makes me uncomfortable or fill in the blank, then you probably need this episode most of all. Because we have to familiarize ourselves with the conversation. We have to be willing to discuss it. We have to be open about it. And if you were raised anything like I was raised, it was, that was a subject, like there were two subjects, three, I guess, that you were not allowed to talk about. And that was, it was rude to discuss money. It was rude to discuss politics. And it was rude to discuss religion which is pretty crazy because my dad was a pastor. I guess it was rude to discuss any religion other than ours, which is deeply problematic. But here we are, guys. Let's talk about money. 
money and wealth and finances and debt and all of the things and how those words or what they symbolize to you make you feel. Because if we're going to talk about financials, I just want to be clear. I don't want to have a conversation about money to offer you my best like investing advice or money saving tips. Like I am not the girl for that. There are so many people who are excellent and have a wealth of information, pun intended, who can give you advice in that area and they have podcasts you should totally go listen to. Where I feel like I have expertise is in growing up poor and building a business as an entrepreneur that took me from that childhood to the wealth that I have today. And I did that without a high school diploma. And I did that making up a category for myself and learning the internet and learning digital and learning all of those things compiled with learning how to run a business. So what's a P&L? What's a balance sheet? Do you use debt? Do you have debt strategy? Like that's sort of what I'm bringing, right? But then also you're going to hear all of this from me. And if you don't know this about me yet, if you're a newbie here to our friendship circle, then let me just tell you, I am a super hippie in that I believe in manifesting. I believe in the law of attraction. And I believe that we attract into our life the energy level and the vibration that we put out. And roll your eyes all you want. I have seen this shift in like understanding how and what we manifest and how that translates into our finances. I have seen people grasp this time and time and time again and watched their financial situation change completely, like exponential growth, doing so much better, getting out of debt, never having a late payment again, all of those things by a shift in mindset. So roll your eyes if you want to, but just buckle up because I swear if you haven't tried these techniques that I'm going to talk about today and you struggle financially or you feel like you're afraid of money or you feel like you're, I'm using air quotes, that you're bad with money or any of those kind of things, this is going to be a really important conversation. But that is the lens through which I see this topic. So let's start with one of the most important factors that you need to consider when you're trying, I, I assume, let me just say, I assume that you are listening to this podcast because you want to make more money or you want to have more money or you don't want to feel like it's such a struggle or you don't want to be afraid of money, whatever that looks like to you. Like, I assume that's why you're listening. And so that's the lens that I'm going to teach through. And quick side note, I don't have anything to sell you. I don't have a course on money. I'm never going to have one. I don't, there's nothing coming at the end of this. I feel like sometimes we get a little nervous when we hear things like someone's trying to teach and they're like, oh God, what's the angle here? Or um, are you trying to get me to join a business or fill in the blank? No, this is just a topic that I think is important. And that's why I'm teaching on it. I don't have anything to sell you. Let's start with the most important thing that you maybe haven't thought of. And that is understanding what you really think about money. 
what you really think about financials because, or what you really think about wealth or accumulating wealth or having financial success, what do you really think? Because there's what we think on sort of the surface level, and then there's what we believe subconsciously. And your finances, the amount of money that you have right now and that you've got in your bank account are directly connected with what you believe subconsciously, not what you want in your conscious brain. So the way that I love to explain this is first, I mean, you could do this in a journal if you want to, or you could even just pause the podcast and kind of say it out loud. But when I'm talking to people about this, I'll often say, okay, tell me like what your vision is what, w- what would be your dream to have in terms of financials? And so some people say, I'd love to make $75,000 a year. Some people say, I'd love to get my business to a million dollars. Some people would say, I want to be debt-free. Whatever it is, everyone has this vision of the amount of money that would really make them feel whatever way they want to feel. And so I say, okay, well, explain, like, give me all the words and, and all the... And they're like, oh, I just... If I had that money, it would mean freedom. If I had that money, it would mean security. If I had that money, it would mean you could do this too, right? If I asked you right now, if you were at a conference with me and I was like, okay, tell me what it would mean for you to have an additional $100,000. If I just handed you a check for $100,000, I'm making this up. No taxes, just free and clear, you have $100,000. What would that give you? So you could come up with a list, right? So everybody has answers and they're glorious and beautiful and they sound so so fun and so good and it's like, this is the life, this is what I wanna have. And then you ask people, okay, great. Now tell me, what did you hear, learn, know, or believe about money, about wealth, about success, about being rich from your parents when you were little? So I grew up, my dad was a Pentecostal minister, and I heard things like money is the root of all evil. Money doesn't grow on trees, right? I, you know, I, I grew up believing that we would never had enough money, that we would always run out or that, um, you know, we would live paycheck to paycheck. I was telling my boyfriend the other day, there were, there were a lot of times where there was no food in the house. Or maybe there would be like beans, right? Or, you know, everyone, I think if you grew up poor, each family sort of have their version of what might be like what dry goods you might have. Maybe you had some rice or maybe you had some beans like we did. But when my parents got paid, it was this huge deal because they would go to Costco. And us kids knew the payday because it meant that we were about to have groceries. I don't know if any of you, like I remember them pulling up in the driveway on payday, having gone to the grocery store and us kids being so freaking excited because we we went and helped with the groceries because we wanted to see what food we were going to have. And there were times where it was still pretty lean where maybe we would just have really basic staples in the back of the car. And then there were times where maybe they had a little bit more and that was when we got like cookies, right? Or, ooh, now we have, um, it was such a big deal to get, for me, because I would take my lunch, because that's what the cool kids did. Like you got to, you should take your lunch. There wasn't always options to take your lunch, but around payday and sometimes in those like, seasons where maybe my parents had a little bit more, we could get Capri Suns 
do you guys, do you know what a Capri Sun is? I, I, it was like the richest I ever felt in my life is like my mom would get like a six pack of Capri Suns and I would be like, oh my gosh, six times I can take a lunch to school and I have a Capri Sun. And I felt like a million billion dollars. I had, I watched my parents fight constantly over not enough money. I watched them fight over debt. I watched them regularly get money and then spend it all immediately and just how that manifested in between them and all of that, right? So I have all those things. And when I ask this question to an audience, oftentimes, you know, the things that they shout are like, um, you know, rich people are evil or money is evil. And just real quick, because so many people get that scripture or that idea wrong, money isn't evil, Money is, it's a resource. It's something that you can transact with. It's a tool. It's not money is the root of all evil. The actual scripture, in case anyone's wondering, is 1 Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is the root of all evil. So some people grew up having a really healthy relationship with money, having parents that talked to them about money, having parents who were financially secure and didn't struggle and and sort of knew the financials. And that means, you know, for people who made $40,000 a year or $10,000 a year, but had a handle on how to manage that. And then there were people whose parents made, you know, half a million dollars a year who lived in debt and maybe went into bankruptcy. So the amount of money you have has nothing to do with how you're doing in terms of security when it comes to your finances. But here's what you need to get. Whatever was ingrained into you as a little kid, whatever you overheard or saw or believe, you know, oh, people like us just never get a break or we're always poor. We come from poor people. We're not smart enough to make money. We're not smart enough to handle money, blah, 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 blah. That is, unless you have done some crazy therapy to eradicate that mindset, that is what you are holding subconsciously when it comes to money. I mean, if you look at your parents' financial situation and compare it to not not that you have the same job or that you make the same amount as your parents, but how often do you do the exact same thing that you saw, right? Like how often are you making the exact same choices that they made? So what you have to understand before you can get to a place where you're even capable of making money, like this is, this is a freaking look it up. This is a fact. You will, if you do not have the mindset, if you do not have the right kind of consciousness around wealth, you'll never have any. And it happens because whatever you believe about what you are capable of is what you will keep living into. Whatever beliefs you hold about yourself as it pertains to your financial situation, you're just going to keep like the human beings are incapable of consistently doing things that are outside of who they perceive themselves to be. So if you perceive yourself to be a woman who's not good at math and, you know, you just suck with money, it will be impossible. I could give you a check for a million dollars and I promise you it'll be gone. No matter how hard you try to do something different, because subconsciously you believe those things about yourself. And so you're, you're like spirits like, okay, that's who we are. 
And so I'm going to make choices. Like I know some of you listening are going to know what I'm talking about. How often have you sabotaged yourself with money? Right? You get ahead and then you get really excited and you blow it on something stupid. And you tell yourself all of this rationale, right? Like, oh, well, I deserve it. Or I really needed a break. Or, you know, that thing made me feel good. Which you're, you're human. You're a grown up. You get to do whatever you want. But if you really stepped back and looked at it, could you see the sabotage that you created? And then could you tie the type of sabotage to a way you were taught? Did mama run out and blow the paycheck every time she got a little bit ahead? right? Or maybe daddy loved life and he was an Enneagram seven and he loved to do things. So man, he really splurged on those experiences for y'all, even if they didn't have it. I remember I, you know, I didn't grow up obviously in a neighborhood that had much wealth. I definitely, there were kids at school whose parents had money, but where I lived and like my friendship circle, that wasn't the case. And I remember Every year on Christmas, two girlfriends in particular whose family really struggled financially. They, you know, blue collar, working class, incredible parents, but didn't have a lot of money at all. And come Christmas time, every year, both families would go into crazy credit card debt buying their kids so many presents. Like I remember the first time going to one of my friend's houses, this little like ramshackle house and walking in and the amount of presents under the tree. I'd never seen anything like it. My my parents, I mean, they definitely, if they had money, you'd get maybe a toy or something. But mostly I remember a lot of Christmas where you got like socks or something. And I was pumped. I was pumped. Don't get me wrong. I had aunts and uncles who would buy me some of the fun stuff. And I was super grateful to get socks from my parents. But I remember walking into a girlfriend's house when I was like 10 or 11. And there were, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And her parents would go into debt every year and then basically spend the year trying to pay off those Christmas gifts just in time to do it all over again next November. It was wild. But how often do we make choices that are not we're not even conscious of when it comes to money. So the reason I ask you to look at that is it is very, very, very possible that if you want to be at a different place financially, that you're not there because not of any, like you're working your butt off, you're trying so hard, you're doing all the right things, but your mindset is twisted. And your subconscious mindset is what determines your wealth. Yes, 100%, because I can hear someone saying like, wait a minute, if daddy's a trillionaire and he gives you money, like that determines your wealth. Yeah, you're right, okay? You're totally right. I'm just assuming that nobody listening to this is a trust fund baby. If you're a trust fund baby, this doesn't apply to you. But everybody else, all the rest of us, however we function, whatever we believe subconsciously, which came from our childhood, is what we're going to manifest unless we actively work on doing something different. Unless we can pull out our view of finances and reshape it. So there's some really great meditations on manifesting money. Some are like super cheesy, but some are really good just to walk you through the process of how you perceive money. 
So I remember doing a meditation like this probably like 18 months ago. I was, you know, watching YouTube and I happened to see this thing and I was like, oh, I'll do a meditation. And one of the things she asks is for you to envision your representation of wealth. So maybe it's a stack of money. Maybe it's a Mercedes. Maybe it's a nice purse. Maybe it's a home or a vacation. But to find a vision of one thing that wealth, like what represents wealth to you. And in imagining this thing, she then guides you through this process of basically asking what emotions come up when you think of this thing. And that was sort of the first time I realized, oh, I still had some some stuff kind of buried in me from childhood that was affecting how I was handling money because I was going through a divorce. Yeah, yeah, it would have been um, like almost two years ago. I was going through a divorce. And so about six months in, I was going through a divorce. I was running this company inside of COVID. I was running a company that specialized in conferences we can no longer hold. It was just everything financially felt so big and so scary and so wild to me. And I have absolute confidence. I'm really good at making money. I am. Like, I'm just, I don't, I know, I don't want to be a douchebag, but I told you I'd be honest with you in this conversation. I'm really good at making money. I've been an entrepreneur for my God, like almost 20 years, even when I was a wedding planner and then later did events. Like I know I'm really good. I'm a great salesman. I'm a hard worker. I'm great with clients. I know how to close a deal. I'm awesome at it. And so I have never struggled to make money, but I have sure struggled to manage money. And so when I was going through this this divorce, I had so much, I didn't realize like subconscious stuff bubbling up for me about how I would do this without a man. And I hate that. Like I hate admitting that to you guys. But I met my ex-husband when I was, I mean, we went, I, I met him when I was 18. We went on a first date just after I had turned 19. And I mean, so I was with him and he was older. He was eight years older. So I was with him from the time that I was 19 years old. He always handled the financials, always. So I went from parents who managed the financials very badly, who didn't teach me anything, but I never had had to do it as a child, obviously. And then I got married and he was like, don't worry, I got this. And I was so happy to have him do that. And as much as I managed the financials at my um, in having a business, I always, if you've ever read my book, Girl, Wash Your Face, I talk about this a lot. I had really strong limiting beliefs about being able to manage it after a certain amount of money. So just a quick side note, but I think this is really interesting. There is psychology that happens when you start to get to a threshold of money that you don't think you are capable of handling on a subconscious level. So you will continue to butt up against this ceiling of whatever number that is. And that number for you could be a hundred bucks. And that number for you could be a million. 
but you will never break through that. So you'll ne- you will just keep making that same amount of money year after year after year after year. You'll never break past it no matter what you do, unless you understand the psychology of it's a mental block. Here's the thing I know. And if you haven't experienced this, what I'm about to say will, I wonder if you're going to like call bullshit, but I, I swear to you, you guys, this is the truth. And if this isn't your truth, maybe just borrow mine for a minute. But this is the truth. And any successful entrepreneur will tell you this, that you tell them this, they're successful and they're good at making money. They'll be like, yep, that's the truth. Here it is. If you can make $100, you can make 1000 If you can make 1000 you can make 100000 If you can make 100000 you can make a million. And this goes on forever. There is no limit to the amount of money that you can make if you're doing a good job, if you're serving people well, if you are learning and growing, if you are doing what you like there's just if you have figured out a way to make money doing something and you continue to evolve and grow and work and learn and treat people right and there there is no limit. There's no law that's like, "Oh, well, a human being can only make this amount of money." No, you you might not have the information you need yet to make that money. You might not have the lessons you need yet to make more money. You might not have the team yet that you need to make more money. But what I am telling you is that you need to release the belief, if you have it, that you are only capable of making a certain amount because that is just not true. If you can make $100, you can make a million. Ask any successful entrepreneur because Making money in a business, in a business, is an equation. If you figure out the equation, you can grow that exponentially. Now, is there a limit to how much you can make if you are working for someone else? Yes. Because you are limited by whatever your salary or hourly rate is. If you are working for someone else, you are trading your time for their money. Let me say it again. If you work for someone else, you are trading your time for their money. And the issue is that you only have so much time. So I am here for a side hustle. My Lord, that was how I started my business was as a side hustle. But I just, at some point, you're going to run out of hours. And that's why it's hard to have the exponential growth that you need if you work for someone else. But I got some ideas about that, which we'll talk about at the end of the episode. So just hang with me. If you can make $100, you can make a million dollars. But what is required for that is your belief that that is actually possible. If you know about the law of attraction and you know about manifesting, then you know this is true. Okay, if you ha- if you don't know about the law of attraction and manifesting, please go listen to the episode that I did about this. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but if you scroll back, it's, w- it's within the last few months, so it should be very easy to find. But basically, what you focus on, you create. And this is why it's really important to understand subconsciously where you're at when it comes to finances. Because if you are focusing on scarcity, if your thoughts about money and wealth and abundance are are anchored in fear, 
if you feel like you're not going to have enough, if you feel like all of those things, whatever you're focusing on, you are going to keep creating. Ask yourself, like, do you always believe that you're going to be behind on your rent? Do you always believe you're never going to have enough money to live the life that you want? Do you always believe that you're not going to be able to afford things? Whatever you believe you'll create. Like when we talk about manifesting, focus is everything. Tony Robbins has this quote that I quote all the time. He says, where focus goes, energy flows. So what I want to ask you is, are you putting your energy into the finances are going to be there and your ability to create wealth and your ability to see financial opportunities all around you? Or is your focus on, oh my gosh, like how am I going to pay rent this month? Because in one of those scenarios, you've got options, you can be creative, you can think outside the box. And the other one is fear-based. So it's just going to drown you and keep you from moving forward. So what you focus on, you create. So I want to ask, what are you focusing on? And sometimes, this is a really important thing when it comes to manifesting. Sometimes people are like, oh, Rachel, I have a vision board. I'm using my start today journal. I write it down every single day. I've been doing this for like a year and nothing's changing. Nothing's changing. And then I'll ask them, okay, well, explain it to me. Talk me through how, when you think about the topic, like, tell me how you think of it. And they're like, well, I'm just, you know, I'm like any day, any day more, I'll have more money. Like, I wonder when I'll have more money. When is it coming? I I know I'm going to have more money, but when is it coming? It's like, wait, no, you're not focusing on what it would feel like to have all your bills paid and have no financial worries. You're talking about it. And that might even be part of what you're saying. But the biggest thing I hear is that you're wondering when, 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 when is this going to show up? When will this be mine? When will I have this thing? When will this finally be over? So you're actually manifesting lack. If you're wondering when something is going to happen in your life, your consciousness is focused on the absence. Because if, if you already had it, you wouldn't need to say when. And remember, we attract not what we want. We attract what we are. We attract the energy level that we put out into the world. So one of the ways to counteract this, if you experience or if you are realizing you're having that, Oprah calls it the aha moment. If you're having that right now and you're like, holy crap, I'm doing that. I'm actually focusing on the lack. I'm focusing on scarcity. I'm not focusing on abundance. So the way to do this is to ground yourself in a gratitude practice. I know, guys, I know I just give you the same freaking advice for the last decade and you're tired of hearing me talk about it, but the reason I keep talking about it is because it's right. If you attract what you are, then living in a state of gratitude will create a state of abundance. If you're focused on all that you have and how lucky you are and what your blessings are, and man, the universe always takes care of me. God always takes care of me. You know what? Here I am 39 or 56 or 22, and I'm still kicking, which means that God, the universe, source, whatever you believe in, has always provided for you. It's always provided without fail because you're still here listening to me chat, right? So a gratitude practice where you can focus on 
how freaking lucky you are. Yes, we go through hard seasons. I, I have felt like so many times in the last two years, I felt like the universe is kicking the crap out of me. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you've been on this journey with me, and I'm so grateful that you hold space for that. But lots of times in the last couple of years, I felt like I'm getting the crap kicked out of me. And even in the hardest seasons, we're still blessed. It's not lip service. It's a way of life. It is a practice to believe. Practice, meaning you got to try at it. You got to practice at it, like learning the guitar or to speak another language or doing yoga. Those are practices and gratitude is a practice. You have to reach for it even when you don't want to. But look, if on the other side of this practice is that you finally experience abundance and wealth, freaking worth it. I don't care if you start a gratitude practice because you want more money. Because you will be changed by the gratitude practice, don't worry. So align yourself with feelings of blessing and feelings of abundance. Like seriously, when you think about finances and you think of if I had more wealth, I would have fill in the blank. I would have freedom. Okay, do a gratitude practice and find a way to be thankful for things you've experienced in your life that make you that made you feel free right? Whatever feeling you are trying to get, whatever feeling you believe you will get if you had the finances that you want, that is the feeling that you want to try and recreate in a meditation on gratitude. If I said, I want more money because that would make me feel really safe. Okay. Do a gratitude practice every single day on times in your life where you felt so secure, you felt so taken care of, you know, when your mom used to give you hugs when you were little or when you get in bed at night and it's super cozy, anything that gives you the same feeling that you believe finances will give you. This is a powerful, this is like magic, you guys. Not only is it going to change what you are attracting, it's going to change the way you feel. Because make no mistake, what you think is what you feel. Most of us are raised to believe that our feelings, joy, fear, insecurity, excitement, nervousness, you name it, we think that feelings are the product of what is actually happening. They're not. Nope. Your feelings are 1,000% based on what you are thinking. If you change the thought, you can change the feeling. I hope some of you just like, I hope your mind's just exploded right now. If you have never read it, read David D. Burns' Feeling Good or listen to it on Audible. It's this entire concept. Or read You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. Same concept. Or listen to it on Audible. She, she reads it on Audible, so it's really good. But if you're having a bad day, if you're feeling negative emotion, it is based on your thoughts. And I know that every single one of you, maybe there's like three people, but I'm going to guess that 99.9% of those of you who are listening to this have dealt with anxiety before. And this is how you're going to know that what I'm saying is true. Have you ever gotten anxiety about something you were imagining that hadn't actually happened? You go into a full on anxious mode because you're thinking about the possibility. You think 
and your nervous system responds. Dr. Amen, who is a, a good friend and my brain doctor, has this line I love. He says, you don't have to believe every stupid thing you think. You don't have to believe it when it comes to anything, but certainly not when it comes to money and wealth and abundance. What you think creates what you feel. And what you think when it comes to the financial situation that you're inside of is 100% determining the fact that you can't move out of this. And I don't want that for you. I know what it feels like to spend a huge chunk of your life, right? Like the first 21 years of my life struggling financially. That's more than half my life. And so you can bet that that's going to take a really long time to adjust your frame of thought to where you want to go, not where you are. So if I spent 21 years knowing what it felt like to struggle really hard financially, and then I had, let's say, 15 years after that, 16 years after that, to know what it was like to have money to pay the bills. Not wealth, but just like, you know, for the first many years of our marriage, we we weren't wealthy, but we could like pay our bills. We could shop at Target. You know, you could go on the occasional vacation to like Cabo. Like we were good. And then have known what it's like in the last, I don't know, maybe six years to have wealth. The first, because my ex-husband had a job that paid really well and he kept making more money. And then later, because I finally, you know, figured it out. I figured out a way to monetize a decade of being a lifestyle blogger, a decade of work that I did where I didn't really make any money like not anything, not that I would call wealth. Like I said, just, you know, a great life. Like, hey, I could shop at Target. That's awesome. But I feel like I've been in every phase and I'm very conscious that every phase required a new way of thinking. So I don't believe this is something that's going to happen to you overnight, but I really do think that it's worth your time to take a deeper dive on what money represents to you. Now, as per usual, I thought that I was going to do a single episode and I've already talked a really long time. And I want to make sure that you stay present because the rest of the notes that I wrote are about like, okay, let's make some money and here's what we're going to do. And what are the things that you can do in your life? And I don't mean, I don't have any tips for you on like how to actually go out and make you know, a dollar. I told you I don't have anything to sell you or a business you can join. Um, but I do have really specific ideas on the things that you can do, the practices that you can have in your life, the visualizations you need to be doing, the meditations you need to be doing in order to really live the way that you want to live and have freedom from the oppression of struggle. I mean, that's something I want you guys to get you do not have to live this way. I just, I don't believe it. 
And I know that it's easy. It's so easy to look at my life now and make up stories about, because I've had so many people say this to me over the years and so many comments and sure, you know, YouTube videos and whatever else where other people are like, oh, it's easy for her to say like rich, whatever. And I'm like, I did not start out that way. I struggled and clawed and figured it out. And I don't say that like, oh, I'm so great. No, I believe to the core of my fucking being that humans are capable of anything. I believe it. And honestly, maybe right now you're like telling yourself all the reasons that that is not true for you. I don't care who you are, where you come from, where you started out. I don't care about your gender. I don't care about your ethnicity. I don't care about your education. None of it. Because I promise you that there are so many examples in history, but freaking A, in the last hundred years of someone who had a very similar start that you did and managed to rise far above and beyond their origins. Are there also examples of lots of people who didn't? Hell yeah. But why in the world would you use us as an example for you? Look, think of it, think of it as if you were talking to your child or the person you love most in the world. Would you give them the optimistic view? Would you tell them that they were capable of greatness? Would you encourage them to believe in themselves? Yes, you would. So why don't you believe that about you? I think it is possible for any of us to rise above our means. It doesn't mean that it is it doesn't mean that it's easy. It doesn't mean that it goes quickly. That's something people get so wrong. Are you looking at my career 20 years in? Oh, easy for you to say you have money. Yeah, I fucking hope that any of us who work at something for 20 years start to see fruition in the last three. Like, believe in yourself. And I can't tell you how to do it. I can't tell you with your job, do you need to push for a raise? Do you need to ask for more responsibility? Do you need to try that? I can't, I am not living in your life. I can't give you the exact tools, but I can tell you that believing that it is possible is the first step, is the most important step. Your belief, your faith, your trust is the most important piece here. So come back next week and I will record part two of this series on money that I didn't realize was going to be a series, but you know me talking too much. I hope you got something out of today's episode. I would really appreciate if you would subscribe to the podcast. Some of y'all have been listening for years. You're still not subscribing. It's just a really great thing you can do for any podcast that you listen to. If you love the show, please write a review. If you don't love the show, just, you know, keep that to yourself. I love hanging out with you guys. I'm so grateful for the time and getting to do this life together. I will be back next week. And until then, remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Rachel Hollis. The show is produced by Sterling Coates and edited by Andrew Weller.